Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, we're going to be talking about the things that make us feel average as moms. And I am joined by Samantha Matt. She is the author of the book, Average is the New Awesome, a manifesto for the rest of us, and creator of the wildly popular Instagram account, Average People Problems. Her work can be seen on Parents, USA Today, Women's Health, HuffPo, and more. Samantha, welcome to the show. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. We had such a nice pre-call. We were just like chatting about all kinds of stuff. I'm totally fangirling your account. I've been following it for years, even when it had a different name, but we could talk about that in a second. So right off the bat, I want to manage expectations. This is going to be a very average show, sort of a celebration of ordinary awesomeness, if you will. Because you literally wrote the book on average is the new awesome. Samantha, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am just an average, I'm just your average person living an average life. I am based outside of Boston. I am in my mid-30s now, and I have a daughter. She's one and I work full time. I run the Instagram account in my free time. I write and really just living, you know, a very average suburban life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Which so you have the account Average People Problems. It used to have a different name. What was the different name? So the different name was, well, originally. It was my blog's Instagram account. So I, back in 2011, I started a website right after I graduated from college called Forever 20-somethings. I started it as my personal blog very much. And it was really just me writing random thoughts, not even articles. And it, over time, just evolved into, you know, more of an online magazine. I started promoting it at the time we just had Twitter and Facebook. So those were really my vehicles for getting the website out there. I got interest from all these people from all over that wanted to write for the site. So I really just grew it from there. And I worked in television news at the time in video production. So I was really just doing this on the side. I, I, I didn't know, you know, that I was essentially doing what a lot of, you know, major media companies and and bigger websites were doing with a website, obviously, you know, not, (laughs) it was not on par with like a major media company at all. But I was doing a little bit of of everything that is involved in, you know, keeping a website alive. So I did transition into working into editorial eventually. And I had my Instagram account when Instagram came out, I don't even know, like 2012, 2013, the Instagram page launched as Forever 
20 tweets because that's what the Twitter account was. And then I changed it to 20 something problems, like not long after it was that for years. And then in 2020, when my book was coming out, I was already in my thirties. I did feel like a a 20 something. That was the whole point of forever 20 somethings, which I didn't get when I started it is that everyone (laughs) feels young. Everyone, you know, you feel like you're in your twenties forever because time just goes by so quickly. And that like spirit, the youthful spirit lives within you, I guess. But that's how I feel about my thirties now though. Yes. No. It, and it goes on. So I didn't want it to be tied to an age for for that reason. And Average People Problems was born and it is here to stay. I love it. Because you know what? Everyone has average people problems. Yes, they do. Even if they don't know it. Even if they don't know it. So like what classifies or categorizes an average person problem? So it's really like, and this is the reason that I wrote my book throughout my entire 20s. And what I discovered when I was, you know, writing the blog and why so many people related was because at the heart of everything, we all kind of feel the same way about things. Everyone has insecurities and feels like they're not doing enough, whether it's, you know, enough in your career or enough, you know, in your relationship or, you know, now as a mom, people always feel like they're not good enough. And I have just listened to so many people, like listening to friends talk and just watching tweets, <laughs> reading blog posts, like listening to, you know, everyday people talk about life. You kind of realize that everyone feels the same way. So that's really, you know, what encompasses an average person, which is why even if people don't realize, and some people don't like to be told they're average, you got a lot of that when the book came out, you know, a lot of people have a problem with, you know, average being promoted as an awesome thing, because, you know, some people think no one should strive to be average. But what happens if you end up feeling average? Average is a feeling. It's not, you know, a state. Well, I guess it's both, but... (laughs) And and is it something that, that it's really an interesting concept like is that something that changes over time or are you sort of like stuck in that state So it it definitely changes I mean everyone changes and evolves what you you know once you once felt average or not good enough once you evolve and get to the place that you wanted to be like 10 years ago you're suddenly feeling like behind again so it's really just a thing of ambition and feeling like you should be doing more and learning when to feel comfortable with what you have and learning to be like, okay, and that good enough is, is fine. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure. That's a perfect segue into motherhood in general. Cause like, I know like Traditionally, I think you were talking more about like career wise and you're like, oh, you know, I I need to get that promotion or I should be getting that job and getting paid X amount. But let's talk about that concept with motherhood, right? Like there are so many things that make us feel not good enough, right? So you're the mother of a one-year-old. Like at what point did you say, wait a second, I feel like I could be doing more or, you know, society is telling me that I should be doing more. Basically, like every day, I have that feeling. And, you know, it really starts like at 
at birth too. Like it's this big moment. It's huge. Like it's so special and it's, you know, becoming a mom, but it's really just like the most average thing in the world because it's how we all got here, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) we put it on this pedestal, but like, it's literally how we're, we're all here. And so, you know, after that, if it's not like the best day of, of your life, like that's okay. Like if you have a traumatic birth, if, you know, things don't go as planned and that, that too is like where people really start to fall apart. And for me, you know, I really forced myself to go into motherhood with, you know, no expectations because I knew that if I had expectations from what I've learned from, you know, writing and and researching for average and, and all of that, is that when things don't go as planned, it's, you know, really frustrating. So like I didn't, breastfeeding didn't work for me. So I just, you know, went to formula right away and was like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, it's totally fine. You know, and a lot of people have, they struggle with that because they're like, I'm not doing good enough. And, you know, those are, those are really big things, but then there's like the everyday little things. So like one thing, you know, my, when my daughter eats like at her high chair and like everything is, you know, getting on the ground and it's like every single time, like having to clean everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't handle this. Like how much longer will this go on for? And it's going to go on forever. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's just like this, it's a relentless job being a mom for sure. Relentless is a good word to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like picking up the same object and putting it away 30 times a day, every day for yeah. the next five years. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, going back to the expectation thing, I, I speak about that a lot. I even wrote about that in my own book is that I think we often have that struggle when our expectations are, whether they're higher or we're expecting a certain thing out of motherhood, out of our children, out of our spouse than what we get, right? And so one time I I did a post, which is a true story. Before we got married, my husband and I had, it's a pre-Cana, it was like a pre-wedding class at our church. And it was like a mandatory thing. And we met this couple who's been married for like 60 years. And they said, our only advice or our main advice is to lower your expectations, lower your expectations of your spouse, of whether or not you're even going to be able to have children. If you do have children, lower your expectations of of who they're going to be or what they're going to be. And that is the happy that's the advice for a happy life. And so we said, okay. And we took that experience. And so I wrote about that in my book and, and I've done a social media post about that. And many people agreed with it. And they said, yes, I see that managing your expectations is a big deal. Lower your expectations when necessary. But then there was the flip side of that where a lot of people we're like, no, you need standards in life. And, you know, how can you get anywhere or succeed if you don't have standards? So my question to you, Sam, is like, how can people get comfortable with being average while still maintaining standards? So that's so funny that you say it because it's kind of, you know, the other the other side of the comments and feedback that average has gotten because people just have a problem with the thought of settling or, you know, 
they don't really understand that you can be happy with what you have while striving for more. So the whole, you know, the whole journey through Averages, the new awesome is really about like accepting where you are in life right now and being happy with what you have. You can always strive for more. You can always, you know, say, you know, I'm not where I want to be, but looking back like 10 years in the past, five years in the past, like how far have I come? You know, how far have I gotten? What would make me happy back then? You know, because if you have, if you're just setting your entire life up to never be happy with where you are because you're always wanting more, then it's it's just really hard to be happy. And it's really sad. And a lot of people struggle with, you know, depression and anxiety around a lot of these things. And that's what I've seen, you know, in my own personal life from, you know, people I know. And that was a huge inspiration for for writing my book and a lot of the stuff I wrote in it and a lot of the stuff I just write online because so many people struggle with feeling behind. And it's like, look how far you've come. Like, and everyone else feels this way. Like you're not alone, but people feel alone. And then you have those people who, you know, give the backlash and it just really brings people down if they're feeling that way. It's true because, you know, I don't often write back to negative comments, but for this one, I think I did. And, and the thing was, is that you can still have standards and still lower your expectations because you have to manage your expectations somehow. And I've been a parent now for 10 years. I've been married for, I don't even know, over 15 years. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but (laughs) I've been married a long time and I've been a parent for, for 10 years. And I can tell you that lowering my expectations in certain stand like in in certain instances makes all the difference because then I'm not set up for disappointment in certain things. Then you're able to practice gratitude in other ways, right? So like if 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 my, you know, son frustrates me in a particular situation, then I I think like, you know, at least he's healthy and at least I have him and like am I like literally losing my mind right now because of the way he's acting? Yes, probably. But I try to to show gratitude in other ways that may not necessarily be that particular behavior at that particular time. Yeah, it is. So it's just crazy. Like every there's always there's always more that you can have or like you can always be doing things differently. And like I deal with this at home, too, like with well, even not at home. Like we have been searching for a home for the past like two and a half years. And with that, like I, you know, part of it is is on me because I guess I'm being pretty picky. But part of it is also like out of our control. It's been a crazy housing market and, you know, just all of the stuff that's been going on the past couple of years. And so we have been in a, an apartment, you know, it's fine. It's nice. But not having, you know, the backyard for our daughter and not having, you know, the space to get her like a play kitchen, not that she can play with the kitchen right now, but when she can, you know, stuff like that. And so like really coming to terms with the fact that like, okay, like I expected to 
have a house right now. I expected, you know, when my daughter was one that she would have a backyard to go in, but like she doesn't and that's okay. She has so many other great things. And like, so it's just really like reminding myself at least like every day of these things, because, well, you know, there are other things like aren't going according to plan, I guess. Although I try not to you know, have plans because then you're not really in control of those plans. You know, it's, it's fine. We're all doing fine. I recently started using the Slate Electric Flosser. And let me tell you that it makes my mouth feel as clean as it does when I leave the dentist's office. I used to be one of those people who flossed either right before my dentist appointment or when there was just something stuck in my teeth. But now I use the Slate Electric Flosser every day. This cutting edge flosser reduces plaque, fights bad breath, and supports your gum health. It's so easy to use that my son could do it by himself. If flossing is a chore for you and your family, you should check out the Slate Flosser at www.slateflosser.com. Remember, my listeners receive 15% off with the discount code MOMPROBS15. So head over to slateflosser.com and take charge of your oral health. We're all doing the best we can, right? Like I had expected to have children by the time I hit 30 and biology had other plans. And so I had to obviously make do with that and you know, for several years, we struggled with infertility. And then, you know, I was able to have my son at 32. And I am so grateful for that. But sometimes those plans, you know, just aren't in the cards for that particular time period, or sometimes ever, right. But recently, I I was thinking we were playing outside. And I looked at my son, and I looked at my husband, and I looked at my house. And I thought, gosh, I'm so lucky, because I'm currently living the life that I always wanted to live. And if you take yourself out of like the BS day to day sometimes where it's the, you know, cranky about this and being snack B for this and all of those like little annoyances. But when you look at it from like a macro standpoint, you're like, gosh, like this is it, man. Like I, we did it, you know, (laughs) and, and I'm so grateful for them and for that. And so sometimes I have to like take that, like, 30,000 foot view to, to really like appreciate all of that. And I think that that's a big thing, but you know, like social media often makes us feel less than or behind, or it's a comparison trap. And so like, do you find the same thing, Sam? Like, do you find yourself like looking at your phone and being like, Oh, I should be doing X, Y, and Z, or I should have X, Y, and Z. Yes. And it's so crazy because you know, through my 20s, it was exactly like that. And like, even like early 30s, like, oh, God, like, you know, people are posting things, but whatever, because, you know, I'm doing fine. And I own up to whatever. But then I became a mom. And it, it really shifted, because it's not just like me, it's me and the life and the day to day care that I'm providing for my daughter. So, I've, you know, been struggling with that again, even though I like, you know, learned how to deal with it before, you know, looking at different things online, which were like the house stuff comes in like, oh, God, I see people, you know, their kids are like outside in a backyard, like we don't have that. That's okay. But then I know, and this is a lot of the stuff I wrote about before, comparing yourselves to other people, even with motherhood and, and parenthood 
people probably, you know, look at my social media pages and are like, wow, like their daughter has this, their daughter has that. Although I don't, I don't think I post her as much as I could be just because I've been so busy. But, you know, just in general, that everyone is always comparing themselves to other people. And you have to remember that people are also comparing themselves to you. And you have to look at, you know, your social media accounts from the lens of, of someone else and just really think like, well, what would they think? What are, what could someone infer about this picture? Cause a picture can tell many stories as a person who like was in the picture or took the picture, you kind of know the backstory, but to an outsider, they could, you know, make up any story around it. And, you know, whether it's in their head or, you know, whether the person is like writing a caption that tells a different story than what was actually going on. So it's just, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and you don't know what other people are thinking about your own posts. That's really insightful. I'm going to look through that lens <laughs> as well, you know, because like oftentimes, obviously, as we are content creators, right? So you're thinking about it with your context and you know the context of it. But if someone takes it out of context or through their lens, then, you know, they're telling their own story. Yeah, I did. It's so funny because I had this one I read, well, I try not to <laughs> the reviews for my book and just like, you know, tweets, comments, whatever, Instagram. And someone had said, you know, you wrote the book on being average, but then you like vacationed in Italy because I did my honeymoon in Italy and like, you know, and like, I totally like that is, you know, t- a totally privileged thing to get to go to Italy on a honeymoon. But it's not like, you know, I'm not like a celebrity, like going on all these lavish vacations. Like we we just went on our honeymoon there and we're so lucky to have done that. But like everyone, it just shows how like everyone feels differently. Like I, you know, oftentimes feel like, you know, I don't, I don't travel. I don't do anything. Like we barely, we like barely go on dates. We are just home with this baby all the time. She's here right now. She's always here. So- <laughs> You may hear her in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was yelling. But, you know, other people can form a different view based on, you know, whatever you you're posting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that's a really good point. Because sometimes we take our own lives for granted, if that makes sense. And but but what you have may be what someone else then is you know, aspiring to like how I said that, you know, sometimes I I look back and look at like the macro view of my life. And I think, my gosh, I'm so lucky to have my husband and my son and, and everything that we have together and our health. And, and so that's something that I would have prayed for, you know, for years. And then, so you just have to take yourself out of the day to day sometimes and be like, uh, and trust me, the day to day is hard enough as it is. I don't have to tell you that you, you have a one-year-old, like you're as as much in it as anyone could be. But you know, it's interesting. You were saying about living in an apartment. We lived in an apartment until my son was nearly four years old. So he did not have a backyard either, but you know what? True story. Now that we do have a backyard, he never goes in it. We never play in the backyard. That's it. We never, (laughs) we never play in the backyard. Now we did, we, we lived in New York city. So we went to central park literally every day. So I used to say that Central Park was our backyard, but now that we do have officially have a backyard, we don't go in it. It's like a classic thing. I feel like we would do the same thing, like have, you know, the deck, but like never go sit on it. I mean, we, we do have a deck. We were like, that was one of our must haves 
when we were like moving into a new place, we were like, we need to have an outdoor space. We need to have a deck. Like we're not even going to consider an apartment that doesn't have one. We have never gone out on it. Like I bought furniture for it. I think we sat out there once and we were like, this is very mediocre. Not that there's anything wrong with being mediocre. Not that there's anything but- <laughs> wrong with being average or mediocre, yeah. but it was. <laughs> yeah, but we just, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like you want something and then you get it and you're like, oh, well, I was fine without this. I just didn't realize it. Yes. I feel like that's a really good way to sum up just things in general. And also like average is the new awesome, right? It's like, I think so many times as humans, we're like on to the next thing and on to the next thing. And you're anticipating this and you're anticipating that. And now like the holidays are coming up, right? So we're like anticipating the holidays. And I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> but sometimes I think it's important to just like sit in, you know, what we have and just sit in the present and not always be chasing the next thing. Yes. And going, so we also struggled with fertility and did IVF, the whole thing. Like I have a bunch of embryos frozen waiting to be used. <laughs> so I, I think that was like, and obviously that's pre, pre-parent, but there is just something so, that you go through when that happens where like the expectation thing, like that is the point where like, I was like, you can't plan for everything. And where I just like, stopped because I had always thought like I was going to become a mom at a certain age and like do things like this, do things like that. And then when you hear those words that you like might not be able to have kids naturally or at all or whatever, like it is so like, it's just if you want them, of course, cause not everyone does and that's totally fine. But it just really like changes things for you and everyone reacts to it differently. I know so many people who've gone through, you know, different struggles and it just really changed your outlook on life. I think. (laughs) I agree a hundred percent. If there was a time that really made me pivot on my perspective of things, it was facing infertility because if your whole plan for your life of having two kids by the time you hit 30 and this and that like just went right out the window and now you're faced with like maybe we're not going to have any kids at all and that's okay too you know and so that was you know something that we faced for several years i think we struggled with infertility for like 3 years or so before we had jack so that was definitely something that that you know changes pretty quickly and i think that's an important life lesson you know, whether you did struggle with infertility or if you struggle with, with other things, whether it's illness or financial issues, there, there's a lot of things that could make you change your perspective pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's really about like, and that too, like everyone wants different things. So what, you know, might be a struggle to someone like wouldn't be a struggle to someone else. And so the word average people are so like afraid of it and like, you know, expectations and saying that you should manage them. Some people don't have as big of, you know, expectations for themselves as others. And some people just have like unrealistic (laughs) expectations and everyone has different things. And sometimes people forget that the way that they feel and the things that they want are not what someone else is talking about because your average is different than someone else's average. And you might actually be like, okay with someone else's average. You might actually 
be striving for someone else's average and someone else might be striving for what you think is average or below average. So it's just really about like putting things in perspective and remembering that, that everyone is different and like wants different things and being happy with what you end up having. Yeah. And respecting each other for that too. Yeah. I think one of my biggest parenting bits of advice that I often share with others is once you start letting go, I often say like, be like Elsa, like let it go. Once you start letting go of the pressures and the expectations, it is the most freeing thing that you can do as a parent. And I'm not saying let go of standards. You know, I expect my my son to do certain things and get good grades and do his chores and, and be respectful and be kind. I expect all of those things of him, right? We have standards. But once you let go of the concept of my son can only eat organic food and he will eat every single thing I give him every single time. And he will go to sleep at eight o'clock and never wake up in the middle of the night. And like all of the, once you let go of all of those things and, or like I have to, you know, put forth like a perfect holiday season and the perfect wrapping and the perfect tree and all of that. Like once you let go of those things, it is the single most freeing part of parenting. Absolutely. And just in life, it's like, yeah, it's just crazy the things that you can spiral about. Like I, I'm, I spiral all the time and like I like focus on one thing, like my daughter needing an outfit for the holidays and just like I need to spend hours like scrolling through every single store because I'm a crazy shopper who has a, you know, money spending problem, whatever. But that is, you know, just letting go of that and being like, whatever. Like I forgot to get her an outfit for Thanksgiving. She wore something. We didn't even take any pictures because she was like out of sorts, a little sick. And at the end of the day, like it, it didn't even matter. And it's like that. It's like that every single day. Like I felt that for my wedding, you know, you build some people like build that up. Like I built it up and I was like panicking and freaking out about little things like greenery in certain random places. And after it happens, you're like, you focus on it and you like think back to it. At least I did. And it was crazy, like post-wedding anxiety. But now it's like that as a parent, but like every single day and maybe like multiple yeah. times a day with multiple, multiple different things. Multiple times a day for yeah. several things <laughs> yeah. for the next 20 years. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. And, and you know, when my son was born, I was like, like a real helicopter parent. And I'm saying not even when he was born, when he was a toddler too. Like I was a real helicopter parent and like I tend to over-parent. And even now I tend to over-parent and I'm using that in quotes. And once you try to take a step back from the overparenting and the helicoptering and and really you know build their relationship and build their scaffolding so you know focus more on building their scaffolding than overparenting them i think that's like the most freeing thing and and i only got that through experience of being a parent you know like i didn't have that perspective probably for the first oh gosh, I don't know, five years of his life. And only once I became so involved in the parenting space now and talk to therapists and talk to other professionals, like, did I realize like, oh, wait a second, like I need to take a step back. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Yep. No, I, I totally agree. That's like, it's, that is also like extremely insightful too. Just it's so hard to do. And it's it's easier said than done. Yeah. And like, that's another thing too. Like if, you know, it's, it's hard. Everything is hard. 
there's nothing easy about it, but also there are some like, you know, just loving your child is very easy and hanging out with your child is easy sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Snuggling, snuggling's easy. That's, we could say that unequivocally snuggling is Snuggling is easy easy. when they want to. Yeah, also true. When they're they're ready. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's a good point. Okay, Samantha. So tell us, well, two things. One, what's your biggest takeaway about being average? I think my biggest takeaway is that it is totally okay if you're not where you thought you'd be in life. And I, I wrote that like years ago as a headline of an article I wrote and I like used it in the book and it, it's total it's like my biggest piece of advice. And I find myself saying it in different ways to people all the time because someone will like mention a comment to me and it's like, oh God, like this, it go it always goes back to that. Like it is totally okay. It's okay. And it doesn't mean that you can't strive for more. It doesn't mean you have to settle. It doesn't mean that there's, you know, you're a failure. The problem starts when you start thinking of the word average as a failure, because average is in the middle. It's not a failure. It's not even close to failure. There's a bunch of stuff between average and failure. And when you start equating everything between average and failure as failure, that's when we as a society really just, you know, fall apart with helping to build people up and and make people feel okay. Yeah. I I think building people up is really what it's all about. And it's obviously what I do on my platform. It's what you do with your work. And and it's okay to know that it's okay not to be okay. And you're not alone in that. Yes. Like I will totally now like raise my daughter to be like, you can, there, you can strive to do anything. I don't want to say like you can do anything because if she gets to a point and she's like, well, like I, I can't physically afford to do this one thing or, you know, I, I can't do this because it's, you know, not available to me, like going on a, you know, $30,000 European vacation in her twenties, you know, like, I don't know if she'll be able to do that, but you know, I, I remember like growing up, there were always people like, don't say the word can't, don't say the word can't, like anything is possible. And like, that's great. That's, it's great to like instill that in young people. And for me, like I had that instilled, but I also, you know, was very much raised to just go after things and you have to work for things because if you think that you can do anything, are you really going to like work super hard for it? You know, that's a problem that a lot of people have with millennials too, is the the participation trophy thing and like everyone just getting rewarded for things. And part of that, like if you parade around saying that like people can do anything and everyone is special, like everyone is not special. If everyone was special, then special would be average, you know, <laughs> then then awesome is average. And, and that's where like part of the book comes from, too. It's like this, the play on words, like average is awesome. Awesome is average because we're, we're all awesome. You know, some people are, you know, crazy successful to different people because everyone defines success differently, too. But it's just, you know, it's so it's so interesting to think about when you really think about it without just, you know, looking at like the cover of a book or just, you know, reading those those four words or just being told to like manage your expectations, like really thinking about it helps. Yeah, that's so helpful. Samantha Matt, where can we find you online? 
So I am online I'm on Instagram at Average People Problems, also at Samantha Matt One. That's my personal account. You'll find tweets and, and memes and things that I think are funny, which sometimes other people do too. And sometimes maybe they don't. I don't know. <laughs> Goes either I'm way. Also, yeah. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter for now, Samantha Matt One. And I am forever20somethings.com still lives. If you want to, you know, read up on the ghost of my past, they, they are there. They are creeping on the internet. And averagepeopleproblems.com coming soon. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Sam, you're the best. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my God, you're the best. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And problems are not problems when you can talk to other people about them and people relate. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.